Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, as we wrap up this week's topic about the doctrines of sin and death, I wanted to take a look, I hope a very hopeful look, at sort of where this all leads, at the the end game for both sin and death according to the Bible. So we're going to spend a little bit of time in the book of Revelation today because in Revelation 20 and 21, we actually get quite a number of references to death almost as if it, it's being personified here. Death is talked about as if it's a it's a, an entity, it's a thing in and of itself, which is interesting. And so I want us to see that in Revelation 20, if you if you go there, if you're following along, we'll, we'll hop into verses 13 and 14. There are a couple interesting observations I want to make about death and the way that death gets discussed in this passage. First of all, death is emptied. Uh, along with Hades. And so the, the picture here is that those who have died, gone to the underworld, gone to the afterlife, that they are in a, a place and a, sort of a holding tank for people who have died uh, and are awaiting sort of the final judgment. This is how this is how the ancients thought that uh, there was sort of a, an intermediate place. Uh, before you would reach your ultimate destination. And that, so the idea is that those places, they, they are emptied. And the idea here, I feel like, is that, at least in part, that the, the theology is that that death and, and Hades, that the afterlife, that the grave, the underworld, however you want to put it, that it holds no one back from the command of God. That God is ultimately powerful and sovereign over even death. He can tell death what to do, and death has to obey. Death has to comply. And so at God's word, everyone who's ever died is basically uh, emptied out of that place into the presence of God to be judged. And that death and the realm of the dead, according to verses 13 and 14, are both basically done away with. That these places... There is, after the final judgment, there is no more need for them. And we're going to see why in just a, just a minute. In Revelation 21, verse 4, if you hop over there, we see, too, that at this point uh, in the story, death shall be no more. There is at least three sort of interpretations or, or plausible ways that this could be interpreted, I should say. One is to interpret Revelation 21.4 as meaning that there will be at this point moving forward and forever no new death. No one is now at this point going to die uh, anymore. That everyone who has died or is dying at this point is it. That's all there is. Uh, we're, we're cutting everyone off. Uh, there will either be eternal life for those who know God or there will be eternal death 
for those who don't, but that's it. There will be no new death moving forward. Another way to understand this is that death will be maybe just perpetual, like I said, within the context of like a eternal punishment kind of thing, that the death that people are actively experiencing is going to sort of just go on forever, but that death in this idea of uh, it being a a thing that continues to happen and and to plague people as uh, humankind will will be no more. That uh, only those who have chosen to be in that state will will be there, and they'll continue to be there. Another way to look at this, and some some theologians take this approach. I would say it's probably a minority for sure, but is this idea of annihilation? That if the if the Bible talks about how death itself will be no more, that death will basically die, then what does that exactly mean? And some have taken that to mean that, well, if if death dies, if there is no death, then does that mean that those uh, those people are just basically annihilated, that they are essentially just blinked erased out of existence by God and so that in eternity only those who will experience eternity will be those who are with God in his presence who who love him now I do want to say that that's a much bigger topic and there are there's many more things to consider but I would just throw this out that Revelation 2010 which references this lake of fire which is also referred to as the second death. And so there's a direct correlation or tie in there with death, especially this the second death idea. That in that place, it says that their torment, Satan and his angels, will be, quote, day and night, forever and ever. And so if this lake of fire, which is also a place where death is thrown into, is going to be a place where there is torment day and night forever and ever. I simply find the annihilation option uh, a little bit wanting. I feel like it just doesn't fully account for the text because Revelation 20.10 would seem to imply that annihilation just is not on the table. Even though that is just within the context of the verse itself, 21.4, it's a possible way you could read that. The, the greater context of Revelation seems to preclude that as an interpretive option. So remember that in Genesis 3 and Romans 7 and James chapter 1, death originates from sin. Sin is what happens first, and then chronologically or logically, it brings about the natural consequence of death. So because there will be no more death, that would strongly imply that the reason there is no more death is because, at least for those who are with God, there will be no more sin. If they will not experience death, it's because they will not experience the thing that brings about death, namely sin. And so we can sort of, again, package these two ideas, even though sin isn't explicitly talked about here, it's, I think, implied because of all the biblical themes that that marry these two concepts together if there's no more death it must be because there's no more sin and so this is a 
Uh, and, and we even see this sort of alluded to indirectly because Revelation in the context also talks about that in that place with God, there will be no more idolaters, no more practicers of witchcraft, no more uh, sexually immoral people and all these other things. So what's, what's being listed there? It's a list of sins. And if so, these sins aren't being practiced and those people will not be there, then then there won't be any death there either. By contrast, though, I do think that there will be maybe perpetual death in hell because, or in the lake of fire, because there will be perpetual sin. Remember, as we talked about with the rich man and Lazarus, there's really no good reason that I can think of why people would be somehow fundamentally different in the life to come just because they died. And we even see in Revelation that, as we've looked at before, those who are under God's direct wrath refuse to repent. They would rather die than repent. And so it seems that they are going to get what they asked for, that they are going to die forever uh, away from God. And uh, that's just a really, it's a really unfortunate thing. And so it should spur us as Christians to evangelize, to share the good news, to tell people that it does not have to be that way, and to pray that the Holy Spirit will work on their hearts and uh, change their minds about their desire to uh, be the Lord of their own lives. I think all of our experience would tell us we're, we're really no good at it. So <laughs> it's much better to leave it up to Jesus to be the Lord of our lives. He is far, far better equipped to do it.